Well, hello and welcome along again to Women's Tennis Talk. It's an in-depth, isn't it, Sophie Amiak, conversation about professional women's tennis. I'm Sue Thurl and you are... Sophie Amiak. And we're at my house today. I know, isn't that fun? It's and you've been... Well, I think we can tell the listeners you've been making me taste certain types of wine and eat certain types of French food, which was magnificent. Well, f- you know, wine, cheese, I mm-hmm. mean, there's nothing better Fragua. than that. Some foie gras. Love right. that. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to go into food tonight. <laughs> we, we are not. We're going to stick to tennis. Although we could. But no, we want to talk about uh, pick over the bones of the last four weeks or so of the tour, specifically talking about Dubai and the Sunshine Double, Indian Wells and Miami, which have been fascinating for all sorts of different reasons, haven't they? Let's start, if we may, so with, with Dubai, um, a resurgent Belinda Bencic, and it's so great to see her back and playing at the very peak of her powers, isn't it? I have been so amazed by what she's done. Um, she talked about why, and it's it's so clear to see why. You see, you, you look at her and you go, wow, this this person is different. She's so fit, she's ready to compete, she found a way in her mind to be back into what she be- where she belonged, which is in really the top 10. And she proved it in that tournament, beating four top 10, top ten players. Mm-hmm. By the way, last time she did that was there in uh, Toronto, I believe. It was in 2015. Yeah, and it's been a while, but uh, God, did she play some great tennis there. And uh, it, was, it was impressive. And I, I think beating somebody like Petra Kvitova in the final was uh, was telling. Uh, I think a win against Halep was telling. I mean, she's sending a message. Sabalenka, I mean, she played different players throughout the tournament, which to me is telling about, okay, not only I can play against the Halep who doesn't hit as, you know, as hard as a Sabalenka and beat her, but I can find tactic to beat a Sabalenka. And she did beat a Sabalenka. I mean, it was a three set, seven, six in the third. But still, I mean, you think about Sabalenka, the power generated from this woman is is so incredible, and you know I was I'm just so pleased to see her back on the tour and at le- at that level. So it's two years, isn't it, since she was off the tour with wrist surgery and she had a, a big chunk of time off and started to make her way back at the end of 2017. I guess my question is to you: what what do you think has clicked into place after the serious injury she had? Do you think that? It was always going to take this amount of time for her to get back to her very best. Or do you think something else has changed that's made it all come together right now for her? Look, I, I saw her when she was, I think, 17 or 16 when she was mm. playing Fed Cup against the French. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I I remember that. And I, I saw her play and I said, this this woman is going to be number one in the world. I mean, this is what I said then. Um, I think the fact that she went through what she went at an early age means injury. Mm falling out of shape because she was not in shape last year i mean she came back from injury and you know you have to understand that it, it's so hard to stay in shape when you're injured because you, you can't do much you can't hit tennis balls and going to the gym is you know it's it gets tiring for a while that's all you can do you know you're on the bike you're on this you're on that i think she found the balance i think her, her you know a trainer right now who is her boyfriend by the way uh, I think it's putting really stability in her life. Um, and I think that she found out that really the best coach for her was really her father. And, um, you know, I, I don't understand what they say when they're on the court, but I have a feeling that this is something that worked before. She tried different coaches and it worked or it didn't work. But last year she came back, the surgery went well, 
the wrist was not a bad problem. The problem was that she was not really in shape to compete to the best, against the best. And, I mean, you look at her body and you look at what she achieved. I mean, you know, the transformation is, is incredible. So I think the shape, and she said it. She said, you know, I know I can run ball and I can get to balls like never before. Uh, I think playing against and with, sorry, with, uh, a Roger Federer at the Hopman okay. Cup. I mean, mm. come on. I mean, you're beside Roger Federer and, I mean, you're on the same team. I mean, you you can only, you know, grow, you know, just draw so much energy and just positive thoughts that, uh, you know, it, it has to pay off at some point. In terms of Dubai, apart from Belinda Bencic, which was magnificent and outstanding, one of the other players who really caught the eye, who's been catching the eye for the last year or so with... I don't know if we can call it a twilight or an autumn of her career, maybe an autumn of her career, but my goodness me, what a golden golden autumn it's turning into for Shea Su Wei. She's I been mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal is, is a small word. I mean, this woman who has been number one in the world in doubles, who is, you look at her and anybody who looks at her coming on the tennis court says, what is, who is that? You know, she looks like an amateur player coming from a, uh, just a small club. She has no racket or close contract. Um, she plays with different, you know, she has probably like, what, four or five outfit that she switch around in, in, in different tournaments. I mean, that's what it's been. But, oh, my, I mean, that game, the two-hander. And, uh, you know, I compared her to the magician in, in men's tennis, you know, Fabrice Santoro. Mm. And uh, I keep tweeting stuff and Fabrice keeps responding to it because she is that magician. And, you know, Fabrice Centro, when you look at the way he was hitting, he was never switching hands from forehand to backhand. This woman switches hands. If you look at the technique, it's a much more intricate and difficult thing to do because you have to think about what shot you're going to hit. You have to switch hands. You have to get prepared for the... I mean, it is it is absolutely crazy. I can only imagine what this mind of this player is because it's it's odd. It's out of this world. And what she's able to produce on the court, the slice, the topspin, the, the attack, the early hits, the drop shots, the volleys. I mean, it's absolutely incredible to find out that this woman is able to do what she's done and what she did and what she did in, you know, in Dubai, I mean, think about it. Comes through Dubai, plays in her first round against Sevastova. I mean, Sevastova couldn't even realize who was across the net. I mean, Sevastova was a shell of herself. I commentated that match. Beat Sasnovich one and two after that. Beat Kerber six love in the third. Kerber could not even understand what was going on. I mean, she drives people nuts with the size. <laughs> yeah, she does. I mean, it, it is. And and she looks like she's nothing. And then, again, she comes up with, like, so many wins. And then plays Pliskova, is down against Pliskova, I think, somewhat set, like... Set uh, 4 love in the third. It was one I mean, set all and 4 yeah, love in the third. And you think, oh, this is done, you done. know, she's, mm. you know... Comes back, wins that 7-5 in the third. You don't even know where she gets the energy because... I think all wet, she's probably about 70 pounds. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, eventually, really, against Kvitova, 6-4 in the third, she did run finally out of steam. And you look at it, she's run out of steam. And how, I mean, how did she even get there? So 
I I have the most respect for this player, really. She's asked a lot, isn't she, about her unique tennis playing style and she jokes about it a lot now and says, I have to hit a double handed forehand. Have you seen my bicep, my arms? <laughs> she has nothing. And she pulls a, a, a gun out and, and she's got the smallest, the slimmest yeah. arms you've ever seen. She said, I need to hit it with two hands because there's, I need twice as much, you know, right, power, muscle something. here because there's not, I have nothing. Um, but she is a joy to watch because you just, it's a tale of the unexpected with her. You just do not know. What's coming next? And I think anyone who doesn't understand that game, who doesn't really realize what it takes for this player to be that good at that level, uh, I'm sorry to say you don't understand anything about tennis. I mean, you're going to have to watch that player because it, to me it's, it's, it's craftsmanship. It's, um, it's just out of this world. It's like, kind of like this uh, anti-thesis you know, about tennis. And it works. That's what's amazing. So, you know... I am, you know, I'm, I, I w I'm waiting to be in a, in a press conference where she is in it, where I can ask a question of how she started with two hands and why and, and did she just have a heavy racket that she had to bring two hands because she couldn't hit the ball. I just, I, I'm curious to find out the whys and, and, uh, and, and get the answers from that. From well, that. she definitely honed her skills in doubles, didn't she? There's no question about that. She's brilliant all over the court, particularly at the net. Uh, and that's a terrific segue, if I may say so, to the Sunshine Double. Let's right. talk about doubles there first. So much to talk about in Indian Wells and Miami. But let's talk about the doubles first because what an amazing performance and what an amazing uh, spring in the United States it turned out to be for Sabalenka and Mattens. Who saw that coming? Well, not many people. And, I mean, it was the third tournament they played together. One, Indian Wells just, you know, followed up with winning uh, Miami. I mean, I was I was so impressed with that match and the way that... You know, it's all about clicking with a, with a partner. And I think that those two clicked because they are so different. I mean, Sabalenka, before getting into the final of Indian Wells, basically there were flowers in the, in the tunnel, picked a flower and handed it out to, you know, it's like the funniest <laughs> thing, to Merton and say, here you go. I mean, I mean who does that? You know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's just that mentality of she's young, she's fun, she loves life and uh, enjoying the time on the tour and you know, and for Mertens, who is more reserved, she's more like the assiduous A student. Yes. You know, it's like, uh, you know, no mistakes, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's just great. It's two personalities that are so different, but then combined makes wonders. And, well, the story of Indian Wells uh, by a mile was Bianca Andreescu. Oh. What on earth did you make of that? I mean, there are so many parallels with Naomi Osaka, what she did at Indian Wells 12 months previously, but I guess... She'd already been on the radar for a year or two. Andrescu, although we knew about her, she really did come from nowhere. Well, nowhere, for sure. And the fact that she could actually last the way she lasted in through so many tough matches. I mean, I was impressed. I was like, well, well she's, she's at some point, she's going to, you know, lose her stamina and she's going to give up. Or But none of that. I mean, mentally, being so young... And having this kind of mental toughness, the resistance, the endurance. And, you know, personally, I think she can get in better shape. I think she would actually, you know, be in better shape, fitter. I mean, it's going to be even a different ball game. But to be able to do it not being in the top shape that she probably can be, I mean, even more amazing. I was, I was shocked. I was amazed. I loved it. I loved the drop shot. I loved the slice. I love everything. And I love... 
the fact that this kid is so mature. I mean, there's something that's been going on in Canadian water over there because you, you look at men's, you know, Shapovalov, and then you look at, really, Felix. Oh, Roger Aliassime. I love Felix. And by mm. the way, you know, this podcast is a podcast about women's tennis. The only reason it's a podcast about women's tennis is because I haven't really been commentating that many men's tennis matches, which I am hoping that in the future I do more of them. And I didn't feel comfortable talking about men's tennis. You probably feel more comfortable because you've been mm. covering a lot more of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are we going to talk about men's tennis? Of course we're going to mix it up in there. And, and what a great way to do it right now with yeah. what's been going on with, uh, you know, Felix, you know, Oje Aliasim, who's been incredible. And, and those two kids are showing so much poised. You hear them talk. Mm. I mean, I just heard a podcast... Uh, of Felix and I was like in awe going I mean this kid is talking like a you know a 40 year old man who was understood life <laughs> and I'm going well, this is and, and the way that they're acting on the court I mean it, it's incredible to have to be so mature and being able to handle the pressure uh, of events that they're playing in in front of thousands of people well, Andreescu is really interesting because she's spoken a lot about uh, using meditation off the court to keep things nice and calm, and also visualization techniques as well, which you sometimes wonder at which points during a match is she really implementing the things she's been teaching herself off the court. But but she has everything. And well, when Martina Hing- uh, Martina Navratilova, sorry, says this kid is like Martina Hingis with power, and she can do everything. And she can improve the serve, the volley, the forehand. Yeah. Oh, there's so much room for the slice everywhere. That 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 then it becomes a bit scary. Well, I mean, you know, sky's the limit. I mean, that's the whole point. But you know, going back to the visualization techniques. I mean, we we use this when we were playing. When I was playing, uh, the meditation is something different, and everybody uses meditation in a different way. Uh, I think Monica Puig is talking about meditation as well, which has been helping her. Um, and I do believe that, you know, whatever keeps you calm in a way of your inner self to be performing the best way. I mean, Monica Puig is using it right now because she has a hard time falling asleep. I mean, she says that, you know, there's so many chit-chatting in her brain and, and that's what happened with people who are having this trouble. They they try to find alternative you know ways to... Mm-hmm to feel better, but it's a young age to have chit-chatting in their heads. I mean, I have to say that at that age, I didn't have that. I have that today. I use meditation myself, which I don't even know if it's working, but you know, I'm doing it because, you know, I'm trying things out. But for, you know, going back to Andriscu, I think that she's been using this since the age of, a young age. Her mother taught her how to meditate. I mean, she does this 10 minutes a day or whatever it is, whatever works. Uh, I love the fact that she's an open book. I love the fact that she's talking about, I mean, it's real. And that's what, you know, Felix is about also. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very real and they're so young. Yeah, they're so composed. It's, it's they're amazing. so together for their age. I, I looked at myself when I was 18 and I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that at 18, uh-huh. nor indeed would I be winning Miami at 22 as Ashley Barty did. Oh, and my magnificently yeah I mean I love Ashley you know what I love about Ashley Barty is one you know she's one of us 
she's one of everybody. She's just a very, you know, down to earth human being. And and I mean the Australian effect. I mean I have never met any Australian, you know, person who is not down to earth. I mean I love Australia. This is the place that I, I loved from day one when I was playing there. Um, Alicia Malik, who is one of, you know, the commentator who works, you know, along us, and I love, I, when I met her, I, it was fantastic, and she's the captain of uh, the Fed Cup, which, you know, obviously they're going to play in a couple of weeks, and going back to Barty, I mean, oh, I mean, it, it, the tennis that Barty is showing is, um, it's just extraordinary to think that this tennis can still apply today against the big hitters, because, the slice back in, you know, we haven't seen, you know, it was it disappeared for a while. Now it's back because everybody's starting to understand that changing the pace and the and the spin of the ball is is definitely effective. Um, but the mentality, she's twenty two years old. She doesn't want to even talk about what happened in her life, you know, before when she stopped playing tennis and went to, at seventeen, saying, "Oh, you know what." I get success too early. I can't. I can't handle that. Who says that at seventeen years old and takes like a almost a two year sabbatical? Yeah, goes, goes to play cricket. I know. Goes play cricket professionally, and and then comes back to say, you know what? I just hit a few balls here and there, and I felt comfortable, and I I wanted to give it a go. I want. I want to give it a go. I'm like, <laughs> what? Who says that at this age? And uh, I think it's extraordinary how these people are so mature and so so young but she's not just using a backhand slice to change the rhythm of a rally or as an approach down the line or a neutralizing shot she's using it as an offensive weapon oh god yeah i mean the 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 backhand slice when she when she hits her forehand down the line and then pushes the person way back behind the baseline and then use the backhand slice short in the square with so much slice that it's like going away from you when you're running towards it I mean, it's pristine. It's um, you know, it's it's craftsmanship. It's craftswomanship, I should say. <laughs> um, it, it's just extraordinary, and I I'm so looking to see what she does on clay. I mean, she's back in Australia after, after winning Miami and uh, going to play Fed Cup. Um, you know, which uh, you know, what an incredible win they had against uh, the American team in the, in the, I think that was in the, where was Asheville? I think they mm. played. Um, I mean, won that three two after the you know on the on the last rubber. I mean that, pretty incredible and uh, it's it's exceptional and so um, I I hope that they gave her a good welcome when she got back. And it to sums Australia. it sums up again what is shaping up to be, an exceptional season, isn't it? With different winners yet again, different week, different winners, um, and the quality of the tennis that's been played so far this year has been off the scale yeah i mean to you know we we are right now just at the finishing of charleston and um uh, monterey monterey i mean think about the final they have in monterey with you know an old-timer coming back after having a kid i mean azarenka playing against muguruza uh i mean uh, the incredible fact that we having every single week a new winner uh, to me it's just such a um it's just telling about how deep you know the women's tour is and it's fantastic i'm loving it you know uh, i mean a lot of people are, are trying to talk about the fact that do we want a superstar winning every week or do we like to have the unpredictable fact of who's going to win mm. and i love the unpredictable fact 
you know, I look at the draws and I'm like, okay, there's about 10 players who can win this tournament. Mm-hmm. And once again, you know, you look at what's, what happened in Charleston. Uh, I mean, there were 10 players who could win that tournament. End up being uh, Madison Keys, who exceptional tennis. I mean, found the rhythm again, is healthy, uh, which is key for her. No pun intended. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, she's been struggling with so many injuries throughout the years, 2015. I mean, I think she was like, she withdrew nine tournaments and then the wrist surgery and never wrist surgery and then kept on going. Last year, finished at the uh, Elite Juhai Trophy, had to withdraw because of a knee injury. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's so good to see her back. Um, I think that, you know, I'm very excited to what's coming up on, on clay. I mean, of course, green clay is different, it's a little bit faster. Um, but in you know when you look at what's going on on women's tennis, I mean, if anybody is not attracted to that sport right now, I mean, I don't understand. And they're never going to be if they're not enjoying this this era we're in right now, which is just uh, so unpredictable, as you say, and full of stars. Now you mentioned Charleston. We're going to talk about Charleston in our next podcast, aren't we? When we chat about Fed Cup and the clay court season starting and. Monterey, as you mentioned as well, you touched on that and Charleston too. Um, so we're going to wrap things up here now and look ahead to our next podcast. But Sophie, for the time being, it's been a pleasure and a joy. And thank you for the wine and the frog. Well, I love that. <laughs> I love time. that. Fun and time. the figs as well. They were Fun magnificent times. too. Uh, so from me, Suthel, I say thank you uh, indeed again for the food and good night from me and goodbye from me and from you. Sophie Amiak, à bientôt. Au revoir.